Welcome in to Beyond the Beat from 32 Beat Writers. I'm Zach Hajduk, and today I'm here with a man who needs no introduction, but we're going to give him one anyways, Matthew Barry. Matthew is one of the OGs of the fantasy football world and can be seen and heard all across the internet and television, including NBC and Peacock, particularly on Sunday Night Football, as well as on his daily podcast, The Fantasy Football Happy Hour. Matthew, welcome to the show, and thanks for joining us. Thank you, Zach. I'm very excited to be here. I thought to myself, you know what? I've I've done the Tonight Show. I've been in Avengers Endgame. I'm I do Simmons podcast every single year. But you know what would really be a feather in my cap is uh, what's yeah. this podcast called? <laughs> exactly. Uh, we actually had to update the name because the original was uh, 32 Beat Beyond the Tweets, and as you know, it is no longer Twitter. We are X. So uh, Beyond the Beat. Beyond is what the we're X going doesn't have that. the same uh, je ne sais quoi. Yeah, exactly. As it were. Exactly. So yeah, you're so, in the big Beyond time the Beat. Now. Yes, it's, this is. I'm going to retire after this podcast, Zach. I'm very excited to be here. This is being being a guest on Beyond the Beat is really. This is the pinnacle. It, it's nowhere to go but down <laughs> for me. I, in all seriousness, uh, jokes aside, the re- I get a million podcast requests, and I said yes because I have to tell you, I think you guys, mm-hmm. and by you guys I mean that you know at Thirty Two Beat Writers, what you guys do on Twitter slash X, I think you guys are so good. Mm. You are one of the accounts that I have notifications on, so that every time you guys tweet, I see it. It, it pops up on my screen. I don't have that for that many people. I mean, I follow. 4,500 people on X. Uh, But you guys are one of the accounts that I have the notifications on for because I think you guys do such a good job. I think it's hard to find a niche in this industry. It's been around for so long. There's so many people in it. There's such a low barrier entry that it's hard hard to kind of make your way. And hey, Here's what I'm offering, and here's the uniqueness of what I offer. Hmm. And I think you guys have found that. So um, I just want to say, uh, you know, all jokes aside, I think you guys do a really great job, uh, and uh, it's been awesome to see the growth of the account. And you guys are adding podcasts and other content, and um, just continued success to you and everyone there at the company. Thanks. I really appreciate that, and I know the other guys do too. There's, uh, I'll give credit to the other guys who also help run that account there. Uh, Zach Ring, as you know, uh, Matt Olson, and then Max Dornan, of course. Uh, they, we all kind of tag team that, and uh, it takes a lot of work, but we're glad to offer that, and uh, thank you for the kind words. We really do appreciate that. So I guess, hey, to get right down to it, uh, you know, yeah. you're our first non-beat writer, film guy uh, guest on the show. So congratulations, of course, for that as well. Again, pinnacle yeah. of my career. <laughs> exactly. Um, but we all know that you're a very invested uh, Washington fan. So I figured we'd kind of start off with some Washington questions, if you don't mind here. We got new ownership. Do you think that head coach Ron Rivera makes it through the year? Yes. Okay. I think I, I I think he I think he ends the year as the coach of the Washington Commanders. Do you think he's the coach next year? And if not, who's on the short list of people that you'd prefer uh, to be head coach for them? I do not. I I don't think you. This is this is no inside knowledge. This is just my guess. Hmm. I don't think you spend six billion dollars <laughs> on anything. Yeah, and then say I'm just gonna let whoever wants to. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. Again, this is no disrespect to, to Coach Rivera or any of the people there. I, I suspect, like, if I'm, I think Josh Harris will want his imprint on this team. And I guess if the commanders make the playoffs and make a run here, but um, that would be different. But 
you know, I, I sort of feel like, again, this is Josh Harris's call. He owns the majority and it's ultimately going to be his call. Mm. But, you know, you see some of the tweets from Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson is the most benign, <laughs> kindest tweeter in the universe, yeah. you know? And he's even had some, again, you have to grade it on a Magic scale, right? But on the on the scale of Magic tweets, he's had some negative tweets about like, the commanders didn't come ready to play. You know, I, I think about that Thursday night loss against Chicago where we got embarrassed on national TV, you know, the loss to Seattle. We, we've just, I don't think the commanders make the playoffs. And so I think because they have underperformed, um, I think it'll be interesting to see. Um, I, I would be surprised if Ron Rivera is the head coach next year. Yeah. And so in terms of who's on my short list, um, uh, you know, it's it's really interesting. I'll tell you who who I'm really intrigued by. You know, there's the the Belichick rumors are out there. There are rumors out there that that the Patriots will trade. They have another that they would trade Bill Belichick. Not sure, not sure about that. I mean, how can you say no to Belichick? But I, I think that it's a rebuilding, um, uh, you know, process here. I think we've still got some work to do in Washington. And given Belichick's age, I don't, you know. Listen, we should be so lucky as to get Bill Belichick. But um, uh, I don't know if that's be interesting. I think Belichick coaches somewhere else next year, but who knows where. Mm. Um, I'll tell you that my number one guy that I think right now, and you know, you never know who's sort of available, uh, but because there's always like curious, you're like, why'd you fire that guy? Like, sure. if Tennessee fired Mike Vrabel, I'm in on Mike Vrabel. Right. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I think Vrabel's a great coach. Um, uh, but I'll tell you, I think... Um, Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions, he would be my guy. Yeah. He would be my he would be my pick. I love what he's done. He's been brilliant with the Lions offense the last two years. I think the Lions are going to not only make the playoffs, but I think they've got a shot to go far. I think Johnson, who was a hot HUD coaching candidate last year, I think that he will be. I think Ben Johnson will be a head coach in the NFL next year, mm -hmm. and I wouldn't mind uh, seeing him on the Commanders sideline. I also wouldn't be opposed to Eric Bieniemy, keep you know being elevated to head coach. Again, I sort of feel like Josh Harris is going to clean house. Right. That's my guess. Again, I that's no inside knowledge. I want to be clear about that. That's literally just my. You pay six billion for something, you want to put your imprint on it, and um, but I like what Bienemy's done with the offense, and I certainly I think you have to give a lot of the the development of Howell. I think you have to look, give a lot of that credit to Bienemy. Yeah, yeah, that will be certainly interesting to see. I know there's been some interesting comments coming out every once in a while about the enemy's coaching style and things like that, but maybe they give him a shot. I was curious to see if they would give him a shot, you know, towards the end of the season if they did get rid of Ron Rivera. But uh, if uh, it, it does seem like, and he does tend to stick around there, especially if he wins a couple games at the end of the season. So we'll see. I like your Ben Johnson pick. It seems like he'll be probably the head coaching hotness uh, as far as candidates are concerned coming out this coming year. So we'll have to see how that goes. And you mentioned Sam Howell. I, mean, I could see Bobby, I, I could see Bobby Slovic, the offensive yeah. coordinator of the Houston Texans as well, given the development of CJ Stroud and what that offense has done with so low expectations. I think he'll be a hot candidate despite the fact he's only been an OC for a year. Um, so, you know, I think it'll be, it'll sort of be interesting to see. Yeah. So if they do get rid of, you know, let's say they bring in a, a new head coach, be it either one of those guys uh sam howell as a franchise quarterback you think that's a, a future uh, there you know according to pff he leads the league in big time throws with uh, 24 i think it is uh, but he's fifth in turnover worthy plays so you kind of get some good with the bad there um or bad with the good rather 
66% completion, 2,783 yards, 17 touchdowns, nine interceptions despite the turnover-worthy plays, but 47 sacks. And you mentioned the Thursday night football game. I happened to actually be at that game uh, with my friend of mine for his birthday, and that was <laughs> that was a rough, uh, a little bit of a rough watch. But other than that, he's shown some serious promise. Do you think that he's the guy going forward, even if they bring somebody else in at head coach? I think he is. I, let me put it this way. He has shown enough promise that I don't think you bail on him after one year. Quarterbacks are hard to find. I mean, just think about where we are this week in the NFL. Like, mm. um, uh, let me think about this. Like, so, I mean, you know, among the starting quarterbacks in the NFL, I'm going to look at a sheet here so I don't forget anyone. But among the quarterbacks in the, in the starting quarterbacks in the NFL, right, you've got Aiden O'Connell, Zach Wilson, mm. Tommy DeVito. Uh, right. Um, uh, Josh Dobbs has been great. Right. Right. But we'll see who it will either be Desmond Ritter or Taylor Heineke that comes out. Dorian Thompson Robinson for the Cleveland Browns. Um, you know, uh, possibly next week when they come off the bye, maybe Jameis Winston is starting for the New Orleans Saints. Obviously, Josh Dobbs is going to start for the Minnesota Vikings. I like Josh Dobbs. But my point is, is like, yeah. again, you know, you think about this like we. Uh, this will be the first week in a month that we haven't had Tyson Bajan, <laughs> teabag, yeah. as we like to call him. Yeah, not starting for uh, for the Bears. I just um, Will Levis again, I, again, and some of these guys are good or have real promise, but it just goes to show you how much turnover there is at the quarterback position. How hard it is to find a foundational guy. The Commanders are going to be good enough. And by good enough, I mean in terms of the record. Yeah. They're not They're not in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. They're not in the Drake May sweepstakes unless they mortgage their future, you know, and do another, like, you know, two or three first-round picks things like what they did for RG3. I can't see the team doing that, especially given how much promise you've seen in Sam Howell. I think you're better off. I mean, again, think about, think about some of the other quarterbacks in the NFL. Yes, yeah, some quarterbacks come into the NFL and they crush right away. We're seeing it with C.J. Stroud. Mm. But – I mean, Trevor Lawrence was brutal his first year mm. in the NFL, honestly. Right? And I think that was more Urban Meyer than anything else, but it took him a while. Um, uh, think about uh, whatever. I mean, uh, I'm Patriots trying to think of uh, other good Mac examples. Mac Jones going down the toilet there. Mac jo so. Mac jo we're still waiting on Mac Jones. I mean, you know, um, uh, we're still waiting on um, – uh, who's, who's, who's another good example Kenny here? Pitt, Daniel Jones. Yeah, Daniel Jones. Daniel, jo Daniel Jones – like there were a couple of years where you're just like, you don't know about Daniel Jones. Hmm. Right. And I don't think you can, I mean, they've been so bad this year, just up and down the line injuries and everything like that. I don't think you can blame that Daniel Jones, Jared Goff, as we're talking about the, uh, the chart uh, the lions here, Jared Goff, you know, they up and down with the Rams and now in Ben Johnson's system with those weapons, like Jared Goff's been, you know, a borderline top 12 guy, Kirk cousins. It took him a while as well. So I just think, Sam Howell has shown enough promise that I would build around him and try to, I, I would spend my money in this offseason. I would spend my first run pick on building the offensive line. Because hmm. I think, yes, he holds the ball a little bit too long, but also I think the offensive line needs to improve in a significant way. All right, well, we'll see what they do there going forward. That uh, guy last year who did seem to have uh, some promise and we thought was poised for a big year was Jahan Dotson. Uh, that hasn't seemed to materialize. Do you have any idea why? He's had his flashes. I think part of it is how, you know, Biennemi comes from Kansas City. First off, health. He was great at the start of his rookie year. He was great towards the end. He missed a decent amount of games in the middle. And now he's a second second year in the NFL, second offensive coordinator. He's also, again, he's been banged up a little bit here. And the way Biennemi, although 
you know, Bianami is is involving Logan Thomas. He's involving Curtis Samuel. Suddenly, Byron Pringle and Diami Brown are getting snaps, and so you know he's bringing sort of that Kansas City, you know, any given guy kind of mentality to the Commanders, which is great, except for the fact that you know, while I like Curtis Samuel, McLaurin and Dotson are cut above everyone else. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not ready to bail on Jahan Dotson just yet. Yeah, yeah, I know one of the things we've been seeing too is that uh, I think his yards per reception has dropped a lot. I think it was like 14 or 15 last year and maybe down to about 10 this year. So uh, hopefully we'll see some stuff going forward and maybe in your dynasty leagues, you uh, you know, don't sell him low here this year and wait for wait for next year. Uh, just uh, to hit real quick. So the, the commanders, you know, as they were selling uh, at the trade deadline, got rid of uh, Sweat and Young, their defensive uh, edge rushers there. You feel like you like those moves for helping you guys going forward? Or um, did you feel like they could have gotten a little more for uh, Chase Young there? What's your opinion? Just real quick on that, if you don't mind. Real quickly, I, I think they made the right move in trading those guys. I don't know that they were going to be back. I think we need assets as well, and we're not going anywhere this year. Montez Sweat's going to the the Bears. That's a borderline first-round pick. Yeah. The Bears are going to have one of the earliest picks in the NFL draft next year, so uh, it's going to be an early second-round pick. So it's probably going to be like pick 34, 35. So that's a great thing. I think that's great for, for Sweat, given where they were. And with Chase Young, I guess, you know, talking to a bunch of insiders, the issues are the knees. Hmm. You know, there was just concern about the the long-term health of Chase Young. So I think they probably did the best that they could there. I thought it was a mistake not to pick up his fifth-year option. But once they made that decision, that was Rivera's decision, then I do think get something for him. Sure. Yeah. Uh, last guy here on the commander specifically there's only one running back who has two number one running back finishes on the seasons, and uh, that is Brian Robinson. Does he continue that level of production? I mean, he had, what, 119 yards on – it might have only been like five catches this other week. Uh, I know you really like him, but what do we see from him going forward? From fantasy in this way, I mean, I think he – you know, I mean, part of the problem – it was nice to see the passing game usage against Seattle – I don't know how typical that is. Like a really nice play design by Bandami, and they went to it twice, and that was like two, you know, close to 50 yard uh, pass receptions. I don't know how much of that is Brian, you know, again, really well designed play. He catches the ball, he's off to the races. Don't know if you see that much uh, from him. I know they like Gibson in the passing game as well, but I like Brian Robinson's talent quite a bit. I mean, just remember, this is a guy that's less than a year and a half removed from being shot. <laughs> he was shot. Fair enough. I like the fact that the guy played five, you know, last year was unbelievable. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think he's shown a lot. And as he can continue to improve his passing game usage, that's great. That's important because the commanders are going to be down in a lot of games. And so we've seen this, you know, it's kind of ebbed and flowed with him. But in games in which the commanders have not been um, competitive, hmm. he's sort of gone away and they've gone to Gibson. So. I will say, I think this week against the New York Giants, no team in the NFL has given up more touchdowns, rushing touchdowns to opposing running backs than the New York Giants. I think Robinson gets into the end zone. I like an anytime touchdown bet on Brian Robinson. I do think he's a borderline top 20 play this week. And I think he's probably a high-end flex, low-end RB2 the rest of the year. Mm. All right. Well, sticking with fantasy, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown was your ride or die player for 2023. Looks like you definitely nailed that one. Currently wide receiver seven in PPR leagues, uh, just pretty much dominating every chance he gets here. Uh, 
who else though were you kicking around i know on your podcast uh, a couple days ago you were uh, mentioning some of these guys was there anybody else that you were deciding between and how those players turned out versus amon Ra? Yeah, you know what, honestly, and thank God, I made the right, right call. So we did this thing at Roto World where just basically all the Roto World and NBC talent, you know, so Jay Croucher and Connor Rogers, mm. uh, Denny Carter, Pat Doherty, a.k.a. Roto Pat, Lawrence Jackson at Lord Don't Lose, Kyle Dvorak, et cetera, et cetera. They all made a plea to me, a pitch to me, if you will. Here's who should be your ride or die. Here's who I think your ride or die should be. Um, and so among the names, and they were all like good suggestions. So I will tell you at the quarterback position, uh, Justin Fields, Justin Herbert, and Anthony Richardson were all suggested. Um, uh, Trevor Lawrence is somebody that mm. was on the initial list as well. And obviously, you think about Gosh, all those guys. <laughs> Thank, uh, Richardson would have been the one guy, but again, he got hurt. But he was looking. Uh, Richardson would have been the one guy that I think also would have been a good call. But again, the, you know, you can't predict injury. Sure. Running back-wise, Tony Pollard, yeah. which – Thank goodness, right? And I thought Tony Pollard was too uh, the two names that were thrown to me were Tony Pollard and Bijan Robinson. Yeah. And I was just I thought Bijan was too obvious and Pollard also might be a little bit obvious. Again, thank goodness uh, I didn't go either either that way. Thought about Jameer Gibbs uh as well, which at the beginning of the year was looking bad. Now it's it's looking like okay, thank goodness. Yeah. Um Gibbs was on the list. Wide receiver wise, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave were on the list. Uh, as well, but obviously for different reasons, those guys' seasons haven't gone as well as we would have hoped uh, as well. And then I don't think I had a tight end uh, on the list. So that was the list. But I, for me, it was oh, Amon Ra was kind of the clubhouse leader for moment one. I was just sort of, we were having fun with it on social, but I never kind of, I never really wavered from Amon Ra. And, you know, we just, we wanted to do a build up. So yeah. um, it was, you know, it was always going to be Amon Ra. Well, I know us here at the 32 Beat Writers team, we're happy when you chose him. We're, uh, we loved him. So, uh, yeah, yeah, super, super uh, worked out for you, that is. So, um, and very insightful on your part. I should credit you for that. <laughs> um, well, I just, I knew a bunch of things. Like, number one is I knew that, like, he had, ride or die is always just like, well, Amon Ra was obvious. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's not about somebody that like hmm. you've never heard of that you think is good. That's a sleeper. Yeah. Ride or die is like, here is somebody that has a had a level of success, but isn't being thought of as an elite fantasy talent. And I think this person makes that leap this year. Last year, Jalen Hurts was a known quantity, but he was going in the seventh round of drafts and he was going as a borderline QB one. Like he was going in the eight to 10 range among quarterbacks. And I said, he's got a chance to be the number one quarterback in fantasy. Yeah. Same with Austin Eckler two years ago. Austin Eckler was going towards the end of the second round. Everyone was arguing he can't score touchdowns. He's too small. He's just a passing down back. And I'm like, think about how Lombardi used Camara and, and New Orleans. I think he can score touchdowns. It was just fluky. He got bad luck last year. Two years before, he'd scored double the touchdowns. Then, of course, that was the first year he scored 18 touchdowns. Eckler was top two fantasy running back, even though he'd been drafted as like running back eight or ten. So it's not about like obscure. It's about this guy takes the next level. And I thought Amon Ra at the time that I made the de declaration was going as like wide receiver 12. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I think this guy has top five fantasy wide receiver upside. And if everything breaks right, he could be the number one wide receiver in fantasy. That's not going to happen. But top five very much within range here. And if you drafted Amon Ra St. Brown, Zach, as you know, like you feel really good about it. And so I felt like 
knowing what I know about him and the offense, and I know that him and Jared Goff worked out all summer. I also know the guy. I don't know him personally. I've been a reader before, but I don't know him. But I know people around the Lions organization who tell me, um, Amon Ra, just a great kid. Yeah. Knows in the playbook, not a big party or nothing like that. Somebody who understands football as a job, takes it very seriously. And um, and so, you know, those are all the attributes that you want, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he's doing it a little bit differently uh, this year. Last year, I think he was eight, at least uh, in my half PPR league, if I'm remembering that correctly. Uh, but this year, I mean, he's just like last year, it seemed like he was just kind of consistent, you know, wide receiver two and up. And now he's, I mean, wide receiver one weeks all over the board here. So uh, that's that's been great to see. Uh, is there anybody, though, who maybe surprised you a little bit this year that maybe you were down on a bit, uh, kind of flipping the script there? Anybody that surprised you who was maybe a little bit lower on your expectations? Dak Prescott. I've never been a huge Dak Prescott fan, the turnovers, everything like that. I thought Mike McCarthy would be more run heavy. It's one of the reasons why I was considering Tony Pollard. He has traditionally been sort of run when he was in Green Bay, and he had Aaron Rodgers. He still was more run heavy. He spoke all offseason about how he wanted to get more balanced and wanted to run more this year. Um, and so I just didn't, you know, and, and I was looking smart for the first, whatever, four or five weeks of the season, but hmm. – I mean, over the last month, Dak's basically been the best quarterback in fantasy football. So uh, definitely was wrong on uh, on him, on uh, on Dak Prescott. All right. Uh, another quarterback. Uh, I This is a personal request from Zach Ring. He really wanted to see <laughs> what your answer would be on this. Is the Deshaun Watson contract the worst contract in sports history? Next year, he has a $64 million cap hit. I think that continues for the next several years as well at about that number. He's made an appearance in just 12 games. Of course, that includes the suspension and now this injury that we're seeing to his shoulder. There's a lot of stuff coming out, I think, Wednesday about, you know, kind of that being announced by everybody and how tough he supposedly was and all of that. Um, I don't know uh, what your thoughts on how that whole situation has played out, but do you think that it, it is the worst contract in sports history? I do not. I do not. I, I don't think it's even close to the worst contract in sports history. Um, I'll tell you why. And by the way, I'm no Deshaun Watson fan. Not a fan of the player, not a fan of the person. But I will tell you that Deshaun Watson has is an elite quarterback in the NFL. He's shown it at moments this year. Yes, he's been hurt. Yes, there is... Uh, yes, there's obviously a lot of baggage that sure. comes with yeah. Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the best way to say that, but um, but it's a quarterback desperate league. Yeah, for sure. You weren't getting Deshaun Watson again, and you can decide whether or not this was the right move, and whether you want to make this guy the face of your franchise. And that's, but from a pure football perspective, we're on a fo fantasy football podcast, a football podcast. So I'm going to talk about it purely from a football perspective. The NFL is a quarterback driven league. There aren't nearly enough of them. And Deshaun Watson is a, what is he, 26? 26-year-old quarterback who has played at the highest levels uh, in the NFL. He's an elite-level NFL quarterback. He has shown that skill set. Whether he can regain it, whether he can regain it consistently, mm. remains to be seen. But that was the price of doing business. I, I mean, again, like, he wasn't coming to Cleveland otherwise. Right. There were other, you know, New Orleans wanted him. Um, you know, there are other teams that wanted him. So if they you know, if they'd done like a $150 million contract or whatever, like they weren't getting him. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if, if you're a young single man, you'd rather live other places than Cleveland. And so um, I would argue, I would argue Jimbo Fisher 
is the worst contract in sports right now. Texas A&M is going to pay him $76 million more million to not coach for them. Yeah. Over the next, I think, eight years or whatever it is. That hurts. Yeah. And I think you can even go all the way back to Bobby Bonilla, who the Mets still play. You know, we always have fun with it. Always happy Bobby Bonilla day. Right, yeah. You know, the Mets, whatever. You know, two decades after Bobby Bonilla played for them, they're still paying him out. Those are the first two that jump to my mind because Deshaun Watson is still a viable quarterback in the NFL. The injuries are tough, obviously, but no, I don't think it's anywhere close to the worst contract in sports history. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm generally in agreement. Uh, you know, even though his play has been a little bit disappointing, uh, it's, it's yeah, it remains to be seen for the next couple of years what that's going to look like. If he so. stayed healthy for this year, you know, again, I'm not a defender of the guy. Sure. I'm not yeah. a fan. But, like, when you're hearing all the stuff that was wrong with him and he still – came back and beat Baltimore. I mean, Cleveland was the favorite or, you know, very close to the favorite of winning this division. Yeah. Right? And I get it. It's the defense and everything like that. But the fact is, is like, had he stayed healthy, there's an argument that the Browns are in the mix for the Super Bowl. And like, you know, yep. mm -hmm. probably not anymore. But like, that defense is Super Bowl college. They're, you know, you, you feel bad for Browns fans because this was lining up to be their year and the Nick Chubb injury is brutal and now Watson as well. Yeah, yeah. As a Nick Chubb dynasty owner, that still hurts me uh, to this day. We'll see if I can uh, even get through the the playoffs there without him. But uh, to move on uh, to a couple of general NFL questions here, real quick, we'll kind of we'll make these quick so we can get you out of here. But uh, do you have a Super Bowl favorite in your? I, I kind of am liking the Ravens when they put everything together. But like you mentioned, they just got beaten by the Cleveland Browns. So is there anybody that you're feeling really good about that you'd say? Yeah, I think they're I think they're my Super Bowl pick. I mean, I think I I think the Ravens. I don't think you can ever count out the Chiefs. No, nope. um, and uh, we'll see what the Bengals do. Right? I mean, I just named three teams there, but I do think I do think it's probably Ravens or Chiefs at this point. Although I'm you know I'm certainly uh, you know I'm partial to the uh, I'm partial to the Bengals. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are investors in my company, um, so you know obviously root for them. NFC side, I really think it's got to be the Eagles or the Cowboys. Mm. You know, I mean, although would listen Ravens Lions Super Bowl now that would be fun. Would I, be I don't fun. think the Lions are. I don't think it's crazy to think the Lions could get there. No, like you mentioned, their uh, offensive coordinator is going to be a really hot coaching candidate uh, for this coming season. So uh, I would, I would, yeah, I would probably think that might be my favorite combination there, but nobody's going to hate seeing the Bengals either if they can make it all the way. I also think Lions-Chiefs would be fun. You know, first game yeah. of the season, last game of the season. Yeah. Lions-Chiefs. And the that Lions won that. So that yes, has storylines written all over it. Um, we'll do a rapid fire thing here. Uh, just a quick game. Will this quarterback be a starter somewhere week one of the 2024 season? All right. We'll do it quick here. Jordan Love. No. Ooh. Mac Jones. No. Justin Fields. Yes. Desmond Ritter. No. Daniel Jones. Yes. Uh, we'll throw this one in. Derek Carr. Yes. Geno Smith. Yes. Kenny Pickett. Yes. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah, I see some hesitation. I mean, again, it's it's sort of like you kind of want to say yes just because yeah. are you you're saying like at the start of the year, right? Because I yeah. mean the truth of the matter is, is I think last year over 60 different quarterbacks got a start. Again, we just sort of talked about um Dorian Thompson Robinson is going to be the third starting quarterback for the Browns this year. Arizona had Clayton Toon and Josh Dobbs, and now they're with Kyler Murray, Desmond Ritter, and Tyler, Taylor Heineke for the Falcons. Goff and Herbert, okay, fine, but we're down to third, you know, Tyrod Taylor, Daniel Jones, and da- uh, Tommy DeVito for the Giants. Got Dak. Sam Howell, great. Geno Smith, great. But Aaron Rodgers, Zach Wilson, Derek Carr, I'm not Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo and Aiden O'Connell, and Brian Hoyer for the Raiders. That's three. Yep. Um, uh, let's see, Russell Wilson, Josh Wilson, uh, let's see, Josh Allen. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, okay, Brock Purdy, um, but Sam Darnold, you know, we saw, you know, Sam Darnold, we saw some mm-hmm. Sam Darnold, uh, Baker Mayfield, okay, but Ryan Tannehill, Will Levis, Kenny Pickett, George, uh, Jordan Love, Kirk Cousins, Josh Dobbs, um, and uh, uh, Jaron Hall, Yeah, three quarterbacks now in for Minnesota, we've seen Jameis play some, uh, Derek Carr and Jameis, okay, uh, let's see, uh, didn't, uh, Burroughs missed a game, right, it was Brown, wasn't it, didn't Jake Browning play? <sighs> I don't know I mean, if a, he did. That's a great question. I feel like the answer I thought was going to be yes at the beginning of the season when he was having that cap issue. Um, I'd have to go back. I he missed time, but maybe maybe I could be wrong about that. But Tyson, look that up real, real quick while I'm going through this. But um, Bryce Young and Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton made a start this year. Uh, Tyson Bajan and Justin Fields, obviously. Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew. Um, uh, you got Mac Jones, but, I mean, we'll, we'll see some um, – We'll see some. Uh, I think you'll Bailey see Zappi some. Uh, we've we've seen Bailey Zappi play multiple games here. Um, let's see. Um, uh, and then uh, so Stafford. We've seen Stafford and um, Brett Rippon. And I feel like there was one other guy for the Rams. But my point is, is like you just saw me roll through all the names of these quarterbacks that have already made a start as we get into Week Eleven of the NFL season, and, and potentially there's more coming. Yeah. You know, um, uh, so anyway, so it's hard to say any quarterback won't, but like beginning of the year, I think there's a real chance Jordan Love loses his job in Green Bay. I think there's mm-hmm. a real chance that, um, who's the first guy you asked me about? Uh, Jordan Love, Mac Jones, Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it feels like, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Fields will be a starter somewhere, but I just, I mean, you know, you're hearing all these rumors that Mac has lost the locker room. Yeah. And I know the Patriots will see what with Bailey Zappi. I hear they re- like really like Will Greer. Like I, yeah. I grabbed Will Greer in a dynasty league just because, you know, like, yeah. like I'm talking to a source around the Patriots. They just said, I wouldn't be surprised if they turned to Will Greer at some point in the future. This was a couple of weeks ago and I grabbed him. So we'll see. But clearly, you know, things aren't great in New England between Mac Jones and the team. Yeah, no, as a Patriots fan, uh, that has been uh, really interesting to watch. And yeah, you mentioned Will Greer. A lot of the beat writers up there, I think, would kind of rather see him start than any of the uh, guys behind him, like Malik Cunningham or Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi is kind of just a Mac Jones light, so I don't think that provides a solution there. So uh, yeah, we'll see what happens next year with all those quarterbacks. Uh, I want to make sure we get you out of here, but before we let you go, just let everybody know who doesn't already where we can find what you do and your work and all of that. 
NBCSports.com or RotoWorld.com. You can go there for all my uh, written content as well. Fantasy Football, if you're listening to this, you're a podcast fan. So Fantasy Football Happy Hour is available wherever you get podcasts. It also it also airs live at noon every day on Peacock. It's available on demand on Peacock and on the NFL on NBC YouTube channel. And then every Sunday morning, Fantasy Football Pregame, 11 a.m. all the way up until kickoff. That's on the NFL on NBC YouTube channel and on Peacock. We answer more questions than any other fantasy pregame show out there. Just use the hashtag FF pregame or comment on the YouTube stream. And then, of course, Football Night in America um, on uh, on Sunday night. You can always see me there on NBC and Peacock before the Sunday night game. Last thing I'll plug here is FantasyLife.com and my free newsletter that you get delivered to your inbox every single day. Um, it's by my, myself and a bunch of uh, very talented people. Uh, 100% free. All the tools on fantasylife.com are free. 100% free. Uh, just uh, go to fantasylife.com and checking out check out uh, our Fantasy Life newsletter and our Betting Life newsletter as Ooh. well. Yeah, I know. Uh, I just got my uh, email earlier this morning for the Fantasy Life newsletter. Definitely make sure to check that out for all of you. For everyone else, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to follow Matthew, listen and watch all the work that he's doing for the best fantasy advice out there. Also, don't forget to like, rate, review, and repost this show to help us out. It really does. Also, if you haven't yet, be sure to check out our Patreon and all the previous podcasts at our website, 32beatwriters.com. For Matthew Barry, I'm Zach Hyduke. We'll see you.